0: ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to this week's episode of No Liberty. I'm your host, Caleb Franz. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. I'm thrilled to have you here this week. Uh, This week, we are going to have a very fun and lighthearted conversation about everyone's favorite topic, and that being torture. Um, No, seriously, this week we have gone over many things throughout the course of this program, um, but there are a few things that have been sort of void on this program that is still very important within libertarian community, and I would argue uh, the national conversation as a whole, and it still needs to be had here uh, on the liberty. Um, so, that is why... With all the news surrounding uh, Gina Haspel and and her nomination coming up for CIA director, um, that is why I brought on a Young Voices Advocates on to discuss these things, who is well-versed in civil liberties um, and and torture in specific, uh, with with, uh, Gina Haspel in mind. Um, And his name is Dan King. I brought him on to talk about the the history and the sort of ideas that Gina Haspel has uh, has touted. Um, we talk about some of her record regarding torture. We talk about why is torture so bad when you're torturing terrorists? Why why is that uh, something that you should be against if you care about liberty and if you care about um, your rights as as not only as a citizen but as a human being? And we get into all of that. And much, much more. Quick notes that uh, obviously last week I said we would either be bringing on a a, uh, a candidate for our Liberty candidate series either this week or next week, and and next week we will for sure. And um, while I I haven't quite confirmed who it's going to be yet, it will likely be a fairly large and influential name. Um, in some regards to the Liberty community, somebody who I really hope um, has a chance in the race that he's running in. Um, That's all I'll say until we get him completely confirmed, so just kind of check out my Twitter. Um, If you're friends with me on Facebook, just kind of look out for that, because between now and then, I will be uh, confirming that guest. But without further ado, Let's not waste any more time um, and get into this fun conversation I had with Dan King about Gina Haspel
1: and torture.
0: All right, Dan, welcome to My Liberty. I am excited to have you on the program.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Caleb.
0: Um, So before we get into a little bit about the main topic about what we want to talk about today um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself a little bit about? um, How you got involved with young voices and why? um, Some issues such as civil liberties uh, Matter so much to you
1: sure so I've been with young voices for about a year and a half now so actually one of their their longest standing uh, advocates in civil liberties free speech, surveillance, have kind of developed as my my beat and my niche. And uh, what really got me into it, and I mean, this is the most cliche thing ever to get somebody into surveillance and civil liberties issues, is the Snowden revelations in 2013. And uh, the following year, I actually took a class in college at Niagara University called Information is Power. And the whole the whole class, like at least the first half of the semester, was focused on whistleblowers, so we looked at guys like Daniel Ellsberg, and we looked at guys like Edward Snowden, Aaron Swartz, all these different people who I really, really was fascinated with, and then started reading up some of uh, Glenn Greenwald's work over at The Guardian when he was there and now at the Intercept. So I just really got into, you know, how the Fourth Amendment had been eroded, and uh, just kind of developed that beat from there
0: um before i before i want to get into the main topic i'm i'm kind of curious about your opinions because you you said that snowden is kind of a an influence that sort of um era in in history um where do you like take any sort of arguments on the other side that you know with the national security arguments or or the trader arguments do you think that any of those hold any weight or is it is it all just a lot of Um, you know, a lot of nothing.
1: So here's the thing with Snowden. I I think with certain whistleblowers, you can kind of make a national security argument. Maybe they were reckless with what they released, how they released it. Right. Uh, Especially with a guy like Assange, who essentially just dumps things out on, on WikiLeaks. Right. But with a guy like Snowden, I mean, he tried to go through the proper channels at the NSA and was stonewalled every chance he got. And then he picked... Glenn Greenwald and Laura Poitras and the people he picked because he knew A, they were serious reporters and were actually going to vet this information and not just dump it out there, and B, he knew they'd kind of go over the information with him and actually get like a nuanced take on what's going on there.
0: Um, So the main reason that I wanted to to bring you on today is... We uh, on this program, we've discussed a, a wide variety of, of topics, everything from foreign policy to taxation to economics and everything like that. But we, we really haven't discussed too many civil liberty issues, especially I, I don't recall any time that we've discussed the issue um, of torture in particular. And mm-hmm. um, I've, I've you know looked at some of your work and, and some of the, uh, the videos that you've done. And you're, you're very articulate about about these kind of things. So um, th- the big news uh, surrounding this has been the um, nomination of Gina Haspel for um, CIA. And can you please give us a little bit of, a, of an overview of who she is and why she has gotten strange bedfellows with the likes of Rand Paul and and John McCain seemingly teaming up to oppose her um, against torture.
1: Yeah, so she's essentially a CIA lifer. She's been in the agency for 33 years, 32 of which were undercover, so we really, really don't know a lot about her. But what we do know is that she was in charge of a black site uh, prison camp in Thailand Uh, Those are secret CIA prison camps where enhanced interrogation, more commonly known as torture, uh, took place back when the CIA was still conducting uh, such actions. And so she came to that site in Thailand, and we don't know if she directly oversaw torture. I mean, she did, but we, we don't know how many instances... She didn't oversee the worst one that took place at that site, which was a guy named Abu Zubaydah, who apparently was believed to be affiliated with Al-Qaeda. They've since found out he had no affiliation with Al-Qaeda. He was waterboarded at that black site 83 times and lost an eyeball Mm. from the torture. And now he's still detained in Guantanamo. He's never had a trial, anything like that. And his lawyer uh, has really been pushing against Haspel as well. But there so she wasn't uh there for that particular torture, uh, but she was there for other tortures, including um, some other really really well known ones that have drawn a lot of public ire against her now, because so much of her career has been undercover, most of her record is classified, and the CIA has been as uh, Senator Ron Wyden has called it, selectively declassifying information about her, because as the acting CIA director, she's in charge of what gets declassified about her, so she can paint herself in the best light she wants.
0: Um, so I've I've seen a few arguments in support of her that I, I kind of want to get your reaction on. Um, that one in particular that that is is really interesting to me is that you're you're not going to find somebody from that era who wasn't involved in this kind of enhanced interrogation and and who uh, who who wasn't you know sort of uh, infatuated with torture in a way that that people were in the in the early two thousands uh, shortly after nine eleven. So is it is it fair to to sort of Put that judgment on her just because this was sort of the mania that occurred in the in the early two thousands after nine eleven.
1: So I think there's one of two things can hold true about Gina Haspel here: mm-hmm. either she was just following orders in in doing what her higher ups did and told her to do, or she was actually a cheerleader, a supporter, an advocate for torture. Right. We don't we don't know because. That hasn't been declassified yet. Hopefully that will come out uh, because Ron Wyden asked her during her confirmation hearing yesterday if she was in charge of one particular torture. She said she couldn't release that in the open session because it was classified, but he said he was going to follow up with that question in the closed session. So hopefully that can eventually come out and we'll have a, a better idea if she was a cheerleader for torture and a big fan of it and was actually overseeing it. Or if she was just following orders. But she kept talking yesterday about having a strong moral compass. And even if she's following orders, I, I think it's tough to say you have a strong moral compass when you're following orders to oversee waterboarding and like locking people in coffins or prolonged standing, all these different things that the uh, CIA did at these black sites.
0: Has, has there been any, like, recent comments by her that sort of indicate her attitudes uh, toward this one way or another that, that it might be a red flag for somebody like you?
1: So it's, it's tough to say. Yesterday, she repeatedly said when asked that she would not bring back enhanced interrogation to the CIA, that she would fo- follow the current Army field guide that they're supposed to follow when they're interrogating someone. Uh, which is much, much better and actually in line with the Geneva Convention, (laughs) unlike torture. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, every time somebody asked her if she thought it was immoral, she kind of danced around the question and never said the words, yes, torture is immoral. She did eventually admit that it doesn't work, which there's a lot of evidence that it doesn't work. So that was reassuring. But but that's not
0: the same as you know do you philosophically disagree with it
1: exactly she never came out and condemned it from a moral or a philosophical standpoint okay
0: well that's that's really interesting because i i could i could see if if president trump looked at that and say well you know it sounds good to me because whenever he first got into office he indicated that, you know, he's going to refer to, to Jim Mattis, who is, is famously against torture, um, when, when, it comes to, when it comes to those kind of decisions. This seems to be more of a backstep in that position than it, is, um, than it is something that's been consistent. Do you, do you see it that way?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can—I think it was Rand Paul who said this when he announced that he would oppose Gina Haspel— He's like, surely there is somebody who has a lot of experience at the CIA who wasn't a cheerleader for it or didn't oversee it. I mean, there's got to be somebody in the agency who's qualified, just as qualified as Gina Haspel, but doesn't have this, this background and this, this bad history. And I don't think – so I, I, I think it's a good point that you made about Trump wanting to follow Mattis. But if you look at Trump on the campaign trail – he actually talked about bringing back torture, sure So sure. I mean I don't I don't necessarily look at this as a surprising pit by Trump.
0: right. yeah, and that's that's very similar to, to a lot of aspects of his of his presidency, whether it be you know torture, civil liberties, um, to foreign policy. There, there were a lot of things that he indicated that he'd be more devish on when if you look at other aspects of his campaign, he's certainly sounded more hawkish to somebody like me um than anything that I would have liked um but that that seems to be more of a ongoing trend uh recently especially recently um after after both Gina Haspel and um and Pompeo uh both of their nominations
1: yeah and i mean so here's another thing about Haspel that i i found interesting when she was condemning torture yesterday and again, I said she wasn't doing this from a moral standpoint or a philosophical standpoint. She just kept talking about how it could put the CIA in jeopardy by being like a PR disaster. Yeah, so that yeah. that leads me to believe that deep down, she might actually be a fan of it. She, she just doesn't want to make the CIA look bad.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, would, that would make sense. And that would certainly be... Uh it it seems like a very political statement to make a very uh, Absolutely. A politician sort of sort of statement to make um let's let's discuss a little bit about uh, about torture itself um, and some of the arguments that i have heard uh, uh that have been for it and some of the arguments that um i think could be rather convincing if it fell on the ears of say just an unknowing bystander and, and you're mm-hmm. trying to make this this connection with them. Um, what about the argument that you know these these guys are, are not only are they terrorists they're also non american citizens they don't have rights, so we can do whatever we want to them um, without with, and we shouldn't have, be fear of of consequence
1: so, so my my counter arguments to that the one I love to fall back on first off is. If America doesn't stand for American values, the Constitution, you know, the dignity of the individual, due process, these types of things, um, protection against excessive punishment, then what do we really stand for? Um, and yes, terrorists are awful, but not all of these people are terrorists. Zabeda, the guy who lost an eye and was waterboarded 83 times, turns out he has no affiliation with Al-Qaeda, and he's just being held against his will, essentially. I mean, he might have done something wrong, but we have no way of knowing that. And then the second argument is that these, these methods have been proven time and again to not work. The, the intel they get from this often is incorrect because either the terrorists will just lie to you, give you false information, so you'll stop waterboarding them or you'll stop sleep depriving them, or in really, really extreme circumstances where they've been sleep deprived for days or they've been waterboarded for hours, they'll actually lose memory of what they're supposed to be fessing up to. And that defeats the whole purpose of trying to get information out of them.
0: So I, I've always sort of appreciated the natural rights um, approach to this question that, you know, there's the, the Constitution doesn't define your liberties. And this is something that. I would I would assume that a lot of conservatives would agree with when you're talking about something like the Second Amendment or free speech um, but then when it comes to torture or surveillance or, or anything like that they tend to sort of skirt away from 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 that uh, from that notion um, that the the Constitution isn't isn't the one that's providing you your, your liberties do you think that a lot of people sort of, I kind of see the Constitution as America's biggest blessing, but also America's biggest curse, because a lot of times we we lose our ideological why behind what the Constitution is saying. Do you think there's any validity to that?
1: I'd say maybe a little bit, because you can fall back on an argument that, like you said, these terrorists don't necessarily have constitutional rights, so what's to stop me from waterboarding them? What's to stop me from you know, uh, cold exposure, mm-hmm. all these different forms of torture they do. So I, I do kinda see some validity to like you said, the the human rights, the the natural rights kind of argument to it. Especially when you're looking at people that there's no actual hard evidence that they're terrorists. And I think that would resonate a lot more with the American people if they knew a lot of the times there's no actual proof here. Well sex are wrong. Exactly, yeah. And and when you have somebody as hawkish as John McCain and somebody as hawkish as Jim Mattis coming out against torture, you would think that would kind of sway the neocons in this direction, but apparently it hasn't. Because I mean, any time I tweet something about Gina Haspel, there are there are neocons chomping at my you know chomping at me on Twitter. So I I don't know. It, it, they literally can't return to torture legally right so I, I don't know where the the argument that they should even comes from
0: what about the notion that yeah torture shouldn't occur but you know is is waterboarding really torture um, <laughs> you know is is sleep deprivation really torture you know these kind of things that you know we're not quartering you or anything like that we're, we're just you know keeping you from sleeping or pour, pouring some water on your face that's not really torture
1: obviously uh those people haven't been waterboarded or <laughs> sleep deprived because every every account i've read of either of those things makes it sound exactly like torture yeah but another another point i'd, I'd like to make that i actually just learned about listening to gina haspel's um testimony is that once upon a time the CIA wasn't even in the business of interrogation. Hmm. That was left up to the FBI, the NSA. This was outside of the CIA's purview until nine eleven. Yeah. So a lot of things changed after nine eleven, And uh, on the civil liberties front, it's just been, they've been eviscerated since then.
0: Has there ever been a time where you could give the benefit of the doubt that that okay maybe this time um, torture was would have been more effective. Um, like for example, like a lot of people will point to going after Osama bin Laden. Um, there that there was torture involved in gathering that information that led to to the uh, to the death of Osama bin Laden. Is there any sort of validity to that? Do you see, or or do you think that that ultimately is again more harmful than useful?
1: I mean, there could be, but we we have no way of actually knowing if the information that actually led them to Osama bin Laden was gathered through torture or was gathered through other interrogation methods that are actually in line with the standards that are set in the Geneva Conventions in basic U.S. law as well. The CIA loves to say that it was torture that led us to Osama bin Laden, but I mean, I haven't seen any evidence myself.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they like to allude to a lot of things that they can't necessarily confirm or back with empirical data or evidence.
1: Yeah. That's, I, that's the nature of just about every group within the intelligence community, whether it's the NSA, the FBI, the CIA, they always tend to hide things behind secrecy under the guise of national security. I mean, Like I said, Haspel wouldn't even tell Wyden on the record if she was involved in one particular torture because she was making a national security argument saying that if she fessed up to it or said she wasn't involved in it, she might be putting the person who was involved in it in harm's way. I mean, that's a really, really slippery slope to get to that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it seems I've I've always been perplexed by the national security argument with the way that people like I get it if you're like, you know, if if you are releasing nuclear codes on the web for everyone to find out, that would be legitimate. You know, I would I would understand sure. that. That's a legitimate national security argument. But uh, things like you know where you referred to Snowden um, or, or or things like you know, did you torture? Uh, did you torture people? I really have a hard time understanding how that puts national security at risk. Is do you see like anything that that has sort of weight to it? Whenever people people say that argument,
1: typically no. I mean, there's another ridiculous uh, instance of her invoking national security yesterday in her testimony too. So she sent out a cable when she was at this black site in Thailand uh, advising CIA officials to destroy tapes that showed 92 instances of torture or 92 tapes that showed one instance of torture. Sorry.
0: Hmm.
1: And she argued, first off, she admitted in this hearing that she never saw the tapes. So she doesn't even know what's actually in them. And she argued that because there were CIA officials in the videos committing torture, they needed to be destroyed to protect those individuals from terrorists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, terrorists already know <laughs> who's in the CIA. They already right. know the people who are torturing them. Right. So, who, who, how is that serving a national security purpose? It, do, it doesn't make any sense.
0: And, and I guess, I, uh, so, sorry uh, to, to interrupt, but I guess that. It really perplexes me whenever you can't even provide that information to Congress. It's, it's not even a, you know, we're not releasing this to the public. We're not even giving this to the people who supposed to be overseeing
1: us. Right. Yeah. When, when the Senate can't even get this information, and when they have to follow up and follow up and pester and pester, and then they asked her, why didn't you just make a digital version of the video? And she said she had no idea how to do that. <laughs> so this, this shouldn't be like, that's not, when, when a senator tells you that technology isn't difficult, <laughs> you know, you know right. you've got a problem. Because right. if you've ever watched any Senate testimony that involves anything to do with the internet, it is a complete disaster. Right. So the fact that a senator had a better idea about how to use technology, basic technology, than the person we're nominating to be CIA director is kind of startling.
0: <laughs> the, the, uh, the Facebook hearing comes to immediate uh, mind yeah. whenever, whenever I think of that. And that's uh, it's really quite sad. And it's honestly, you know, the, the intelligence community is, is honestly supposed to be ahead of the game when it, whenever, whenever it comes to uh, technology and, and understanding um, current trends and, and information because that is literally what they are doing. That's literally what they're trying to to thwart is is through the internet trying to find all these all these different things. Um, is is there any sort of I guess um, argument to be made about how I guess torture could be used in a in a in a positive light? Whenever like this is definitely a Al Qaeda connected terrorist or an ISIS connected terrorist. Um, besides the point of like you know, we can't always know for sure, but like, this is 100% confirmed is, would you say that that would be an instance where it's like, okay, we can do this. Or is that just, is that still no good?
1: I, I think it's still no good to me. There's still got to be a better way to get information out of them that doesn't violate who we are as a country. And at the same time, will probably get you better information as i mentioned a lot of times when you torture them they're just going to lie and sure they're probably going to lie in other normal interrogation but i think it was jim mattis who said if you put me in a room with uh, a suspect give me a pack of cigarettes and a cup of coffee i can get more out of them in 15 minutes than you can get out of them by torturing Mm -hmm. so i i don't know what jim mattis does when he goes in those (laughs) rooms with them but I, I am sure that we have people in the intelligence community, people in the national security world, who are plenty qualified and can ask the right questions in the right way to get the intel they actually want without violating basic human dignity.
0: Um, I guess a follow up to that would be: Is has there been anything that you have seen that that you have looked at and evaluated and said, you know what, this could actually be a legitimate alternative? Um. To, to these just abhorrent tactics.
1: Yeah, I, I think just basic interrogation techniques that agencies like the FBI were using prior to 9-11 and prior to the CIA getting involved in interrogation where you're really just, I mean, it's, it's like you're watching a TV show and they've got the police interrogation going on where they're in like, you know, this dingy room that's dimly lit and the cop is like, "Well, you're not leaving this room till I get my answers. I think that would work drastically better than waterboarding somebody, depriving them of sleep, locking them in a coffin, leaving them out in the cold. like all these different things, they're just kind of cruel.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're going to start to wind down here. Um, and I, I kind of want to divert a little bit away from what we had been talking about and um, to some more more personal questions. And the first one would be, I guess, if, if people want to sort of study up on this, get the sort of perspective that you have on, on these kind of issues, what would be the best source of information to, um, to go after and, and study or read, it, whether it be a book or a website, what is the best source to, to go after and understand the, the philosophy and ideology behind these, uh, these kind of issues?
1: Pretty much anything civil liberties related uh, in terms of privacy, in terms of torture, all these different things. The first place I would ever recommend anybody to look is the Electronic Frontier Foundation, which is EFF.org. They do a lot of really, really good work on um, all sorts of civil liberties issues. Obviously, the ACLU does as well. But I think EFF's a little better because they come off less – Political. Yep, they come yep. off as just very, very issue oriented. They were founded by you know radical independents. These these people weren't you know <laughs> progressives or conservatives or libertarians. They were just independent, and they they do a lot of really good work on all sorts of civil liberties issues.
0: Um, is there any sort of book that you would uh, recommend to people? It could be about it could be about civil liberties. It could be about um, it could be about torture. It could be about anything really. Um, that you think this is something that people should really read and and understand more?
1: Yeah, No Place to Hide by Glenn Greenwald is Mm -hmm. a very good one. Uh, The Snowden Files by Luke Harding with The Guardian is another really good one. Similar topic, but Harding kind of gets more into the the person of Snowden, whereas Greenwald kind of focuses more on... The issues and the things that Snowden revealed
0: um yeah you've you've mentioned snowden quite a bit in in this episode, um, and I kind of assume this is where this is going to go, but I'll just ask anyway is is Snowden sort of the biggest influence in your way of thinking when it comes to this, or is there somebody else who's had a greater influence um, in
1: uh, your your passion for civil liberties? I think he's a big part of it. And then just kind of generally reading like Reason Magazine got me into Civil Liberties a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Guys like Ron Wyden and Rand Paul, anytime they give a speech on something Civil Liberties related, I'm like queuing up (laughs) C-SPAN so I can tune in, which is probably the nerdiest thing I've ever said. I'm right Uh, there with you. (laughs) And I mean, there's a few other good, good ones in the House and the Senate. Um, like Jared Polis in the house is very good on these issues. Um, Blake Farenthold, when he was there was good on some of them, uh, despite some other issues that have come up with him. And, uh, Pat Leahy can occasionally be good on these issues, but for the most part, it really boils down to Ron Wyden and Rand Paul and everybody else just kind of turns a blind eye. Right.
0: Um, So where can people uh, find your work? Where can people find you on social media? And where can people uh, contact you if they want to get in touch?
1: Uh, Yeah, they can find my work on Young Voices' website, which at least for the time being is youngvoicesadvocates.com, but I believe that may be changing soon. Not sure on that. And uh, then they can find my work on my Twitter account, which is at Kinger, K-I-N-G-E-R, underscore Liberty, and uh, I will gladly interact via replies, via DMs, via whatever, as long as uh, we can have a civil and interesting conversation.
0: Alrighty, righty. Well, uh, Dan, thank you very much for uh, coming on this program. It, it was certainly a very informative um, episode, and I think one that was desperately needed for, for quite some time, and I'm... Glad we could uh, take some time out of, out of your day um, and uh, take some time in our audience's day to sort of sit down and, and talk and hash, hash these issues out.
1: Definitely. Thanks for talking with me, Caleb.
0: Thank you. And for all those listening, you can follow me at Caleb Franz on Twitter. You can follow the show at Liberty on Twitter. You can subscribe to us on iTunes so that you'll never miss an episode or an update. And please check us out on
1: patreon at outset network and until next week we'll see you